0: Welcome to Season 2 of Talking Turns, where we take turns talking, and the talk takes a turn. I'm your host, George Knapp. Just a friendly reminder, this show contains adult content and is for mature audiences only. Hi, Dawn. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. Great. So I'm here today with Don Larson, and she is a Associate Professor of Theater at Francis Marion, and also a accomplished musician, really? artist, creator, creative force <laughs> behind the Vicious Hillbillies and other projects. Very interesting person. She's going to talk to us today a little bit about a the woman's perspective in the entertainment industry, for one. A little bit about her music career. Plug some of her work. I don't know what else we'll talk all about. The all the all the important stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? So, uh, thanks for coming on. It's, Yay! Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, first of all, uh, what you kind of currently do, and um, I'm also interested in hearing about your various projects. So then you have at least three. You have your job, you've got the one-woman show, and you've got um, your Vicious Hillbillies touring. Singing, singing stuff. Singing stuff. Yeah. So go on.
1: So I'm an associate professor of theater at Francis Marion. That's my day job. And for the past year and a half, I've been touring this one woman show called The Vicious Hillbilly or Dating in the Deep South. And I'll talk, I can talk more about that. And then the other part of my life is um, I'm a singer songwriter and I've released a couple of CDs and you can find me on Apple and Google Music and all of those things. Um, And so, yeah, juggling lots of stuff, I think creative people have to create. And you just can't, you know, always wished I could work like a factory job where I could just go and make a widget and then come home and watch TV. And I've never been, unfortunately, able to do that. So, yeah,
0: you know, unfortunately, I've been some. I think a creative person trapped in the factory worker's body you or know. something <laughs> like that, or vice versa. I don't remember. I don't know for sure. But uh, the thing that's nice about my job, even though it's in a factory, um, is that I do have some room for creativity, but I had to work my way up pretty far up the ladder to get there you know right day one was not very creative it was a lot of order taking you know but i know so, people like that that they mm-hmm.
1: they go and they work right, they clock and they, in, they love clock out it and, they, and, right, it's, yep, and i yep. wish i could i wish i could divorce myself mm-hmm. from what i do at night but you can't mm-hmm. when you're a teacher that you never right it never happens right. they follow you those students
0: so fortunately though i've been you know the nice thing about doing what i do versus what you've done to some extent is the pyramid is not quite as steep. So I can make, on average, I probably make a better living than the start, quote unquote, starving artist. Yeah. So I can kind of afford now with my kids finally out of the house and that kind of stuff to live both lives. Now, you're fortunate enough that you're, you know, independent and doing well. So you can start, You but you've expanded a lot recently. I mean.
1: Yeah, in the last couple of years. Because you
0: started sure. young, though. In like Nashville? Is that true? No. No. Well, no, close. That's
1: like a stop on the way. So I was raised in the Ozark Mountains of Southwest Missouri. Okay. And to two actor parents. So I was really fortunate that nobody ever told me to get a real job. Cool. And... I don't... I I was raised near Branson, Missouri. Have you ever mm-hmm, heard of that? Right. right. So that's kind of an entertainment... So there's kind of... Right, is right, exactly. And so my parents were in... Did entertainment in the summers when they weren't teaching. Before they had me, they were professional actors. So that's what they did. And um, so as I grew up in that place, of course, I did shows too. Mm-hmm. And it's also a country music thing, yeah, you know? right. And so... um. Yeah, I when I graduated from college uh, with my undergrad degree, I worked um, I worked uh, Shepherd of the Hills and um, very uh, music shows down in Branson. So I did lots of stuff, but the problem was at that time, and this is the late eighties, that there was a season, so you could only work from April to October thirty first, okay. and then the rest of those months you start you had to work two or three jobs during the season to, to barely To offset the again. lack of income. Yeah. Right, and right, right. most of the time you couldn't. Right. And it was a great time. I mean, if you have to experience that to be young and do that mm-hmm. with with actor friends that are also doing that. Mm-hmm. That was a community building. We're all starving. You know? Right,
0: right. And it's and you can almost get a commune kind of feel or it's it's, you know, Um, vibe where, Hey, I need help. This, you know, I, I, you know, even if it's a piece of bread, you
1: know, or or a car
0: ride or a battery jump or whatever, just practical, very, very practical things.
1: It was interesting. So back in those days, Everybody had the same dark nights. So you're off at the same Mm -hmm. nights, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all so broke. So there were winners when we would get together. Like
0: penguins, you would I'm imagining Barns of the Penguins, sorry. That's all right. (laughs) No, kind of like that. And we would all
1: bring, you know, what we had and we would, you know, try to feed ourselves and stuff.
0: And stay warm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, we all had woods. I mean, really, it's real rural. And so a lot of times you had wood stoves and stuff. So. So I left in 87 and moved, um, with my then husband because we wanted some year round employment, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, did a few years with a resident as a resident actor in a theater and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, my husband at the time was a, a recording engineer. So we ended up after a few years in Nashville, mm, and that's okay. where the Nashville thing okay. happens. Okay, and so it's interesting. Um, oh, I'm gonna get around to Nashville. I'm gonna okay. go around a big long. Yeah, that's corner. fine.
0: That's fine because I I know that that's where some of this kind of. Women's issue stuff yeah. started to boil more to the surface. Yes. Right. So I know that part at least. So you can, whatever path you need to take to get there going. All ahead. right.
1: You, know, you it, know, the talk's
0: allowed to take a turn. I
1: think. Okay. So uh. women, right? You know this, right? Men <laughs> men move in stages. Like they, if they're going to tell you about Saturday night, they're going to tell you the first thing that happened, then second right, thing right, right, Right. And women are going to tell you the most exciting thing and then they're going to circle back around. So that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Okay. Go ahead. So just recently a year before last I was awarded an artist in residency at a state park to write a song for them. So those are that's a cool thing to do because you get like a weekend or a week or a month or whatever the residency is where you're by yourself in nature it's a wonderful thing. So I was applying for several of those the other day and you have mm-hmm. to fill out an application and and they're one of the questions was what makes you different why should we give you this you know how mm. how's your how is our park or our place going to affect your music and and one of the things i talked about in these applications was um not only how profoundly nature affects me but how women are invisible in the music business older women especially and um i mean the music business favors youth for sure mm-hmm. Um, The youth culture, but but women especially are almost invisible if you're older. And if you look at the women right now in the music business that are successful that are older, Mm -hmm. meaning over 30.
0: Yeah, which is not old. No. But older.
1: Yeah. So imagine – It's kind of like
0: a sports analogy almost. I mean – you know and they exactly. talk about old athletes oh my god he's like 32, 32 years old it's like yeah. shut right. up
1: <laughs> so if if you find a woman that's 40 or older that is successful right now mm-hmm. it's because she had a career as a young right, woman right
0: right she was an 18 year old success or a yeah. 16 or 15 or whatever year old right. success right
1: and so when i got to nashville um we bought into a studio and we were the sweat equity partners mm-hmm. for the with the gatlin brothers and some other people okay and so nashville is a weird animal um everybody is a songwriter mm-hmm. everybody is trying to get famous right it's really intimidating and i didn't have time to work on my own stuff so I let all the twenties and thirties totally go by me, and I ended up teaching because it was study employment, and Mm -hmm. that way my husband could try to get famous, which Mm. didn't work out so well. But you know, (laughs) Um, so no,
0: no, no topic is uh, no no topic is is disallowed on this show, but you know, exes are not. Oh, I know. No no one one wants to hear that. No no one
1: wants to hear that. Not my favorite. So anyway, yeah. It, so Nashville was really, it was just really intimidating. Mm-hmm. However, it was also weird because, for example, I was at the studio one day and I have a favorite song, a favorite song that's been my favorite song forever. And um, it's an album cut by Amy Lou Harris. And it's I love
0: Lou Harris. She's know. one of my, talk about it older but she started out young yeah but she's quite successful and gorgeous not that that should matter but
1: but it does i'm a guy
0: and i'm gonna throw that out there well it does yeah, it's for yeah. women
1: you have to be right. pretty for men, men you don't you have can...
0: to right johnny Cash was not pretty
1: no and and you know and men can lou, be older
0: and lou hair is pretty yeah. for sure and right. men right. can
1: be older and still make no, steven
0: tyler's not pretty mick jagger's not pretty
1: well some people might argue with you but
0: um okay but
1: whatever. i mean i yeah. wouldn't I, that yeah. doesn't do anything no, for yeah. me but
0: anyway not, But I mean, looks help guys. I just think it's disproportional. Obviously entertainers of any kind music otherwise oh, sure. do better if they're better looking for equal talent. But I think it's way more skewed for females. I mean, you would know more than me, but that's just my perception.
1: It is. And if you're a 40 year old guy, you could go to Nashville and have a shot. But if mm-hmm. you're a 40 year old woman, mm-hmm. you're... And at least you might be able to sell some songs, but you're not going to you're not going to tour or anything like mm, that. You know, mm-hmm. my then husband came out of the back and he said, I've got somebody I want you to meet. And I said, OK, and this little guy comes out covered in drywall dust because they have been um, rebuilding this studio. Mm. And it's this songwriter of my favorite song ever. And he's hanging drywall. Cool. That's Nashville. Yeah. It's like you may have a one hit song Mm -hmm. and then you may be pumping gas or whatever. Right. So it's-
0: Still writing, waiting for that next hit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you know, in Nashville too, you pay to play. So Mm -hmm. nobody pays you.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: So it's really, it's slimy and it's- um, Yeah.
0: We know a person that who's, um, I don't think she has any musical talent. No offense, Taryn, if you're listening- you may, I don't know. It was, but um, she, her her family, I believe, spent, you know, she grew up there basically. Mm-hmm. And she had given us some insight. She was a friend of ours in Xenia, Ohio, beautiful Xenia, Ohio. And um, yeah, she, her family was somehow involved in,
1: in, uh, the, in the recording business.
0: industry, but yeah. not in the talent side. They were the money making side.
1: Yeah. Well ish. The
0: ones filtering out the forty year old women and such. Yeah. yeah.
1: If they were like research and development mm-hmm. or that kind of stuff, yeah. So, um I didn't really start I mean, I've I've always written, like since mm-hmm. I was thirteen. Right. And sung at family stuff and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but I didn't really start writing until I got divorced. And that was in my really early. (laughs) Nothing like a good
0: divorce to get the creative juices flowing. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, and when I got when I got to South Carolina, I was feeling a little stifled creatively. I think we'll talk about my one woman show, but a lot of what that talks about is how I feel like I'm an alien here. And and how
0: I may have mentioned that myself on this show about myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you are, too,
1: for all lots of reasons. And so I just thought I've got to be creative again. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why there's been so much in the last few years. It's just me trying to not go insane.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting yeah. way to put it. Well, plus, I mean, I know a little bit about your personal life. So, I mean, you have a son who has grown up, matured, gotten his shit together, doing well that always helps off
1: on his off now yeah, out right. of the house and right all you that know stuff. so i mean yeah
0: so you know there's there's a lot of you know things kind of come together you know you were fortunate to have a sabbatical and you know yeah. that so that was time helpful. time and space sometimes um can cause good things to happen or people go completely in some rabbit hole in the never yeah. see them again yeah you know?
1: and the one good thing i mean the couple of good things about academics, it's really funny. People think if you're a professor, you make all this enormous amounts of money and not if you're an arts professor. And um, but the good thing about being a professor is the amount of flex time and the fact that if you're an arts professor, you better be doing your art. I mean, that's part of professing. You've got to be able to do it so that you can tell students how to do it, right? Oh, and
0: things change. I mean, from technology to whatever. I mean, like, you know, podcasts didn't exist whenever. So if you're teaching yeah. a class about just just regular media in general, you know, you wouldn't have a section on podcasting. Exactly. Ten years ago, five years ago, even maybe. You know, now I'm sure it's, it's something.
1: Oh, well, now... You know so if Every, you, anybody
0: with a microphone can have a podcast, right? Because look at me—that's
1: the beauty. <laughs> so, but if you're auditioning now, you 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 don't ever go live to audition. Not send, at first. Right? You send yeah, it digitally, right. yeah. so it's a whole different animal right. than it was. Yeah. yeah. So you need to be out there doing it so that you know how to do that for your students for right. sure. Exactly. That's why
0: I'm yeah. You need to yeah. have that practical link, mm-hmm. right? Right.
1: So that led me to do this um, experiment for the last year and a half. And this is exciting. <laughs> so, okay, we'll back up. Remember how I said I go around? the yeah. corner? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm hanging in there. In 2016, I released my first CD at a very advanced age. I mean, for somebody that's been writing their whole life, I felt like I w- it was a pretty advanced age. So anyway, one day I'm driving down the road and I'm trying to figure out what order to put the songs in and i you know was kind of listening to him and it just hit me that that cd and those songs in that order were a perfect chronicle of my pathetic love life since my divorce and since living in south carolina i'm not kidding so my you mentioned i had a sabbatical so i wrote i was supposed to be writing a book chapter on that sabbatical which i did but i also took this list of songs and went you know i always tell a story like a story Mm -hmm. motivates each song i should be able to put these stories together somehow
0: right because i've heard a few of your songs and there's a couple really funny funny ones and some i wouldn't say depressing sad they're They're meant to be sad i mean they're appropriately sad they're not inappropriately sad they are appropriately sad
1: somebody once said um I can really turn a phrase, and I'm familiar with unrequited love, (laughs) which is true. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I created this one woman show, which does have an arc. I mean, it's, and I, and so you guys who are listening, and you, George, may not know that when you create a performative work in this play, whatever, Mm
0: -hmm. one
1: person show, you right, can, so it's
0: partly monologue, partly music, mostly music. music. But, but, but right, no, but it's about. There's, ha- there's monologue. Just, it's
1: maybe maybe more maybe more storytelling than okay. music in okay. this one. Okay, maybe okay. almost half an it. I don't know. I've never. Well, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It I, again, doesn't.
0: I'm a guy, so I'm thinking about the math. I'm trying to just parse it in yes. my head. So don't right. just keep going.
1: Right. So. Um, now I've lost my place. See this. And
0: I'm one. a shitty friend too, because I haven't come to your show.
1: Oh, but you're gonna get a chance to, because before we leave, okay. I'm gonna tell you when you can go there.
0: When I must go there. In right? like a month. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when you when you have no choice but to go see okay. me.
0: Okay, great. Okay,
1: so driving down the road, write right, this, right. write this play. Oh, right. I know. When you write a, a performative piece and like mm-hmm. a novel, right? Mm-hmm. The piece is meant to be performed. Right. So instead of writing a million drafts, which you do, mm-hmm. you also have to Put it up, we call it in workshops. So you have to do a million performances and let people look at it and feedback and tell you what they understand. Right. Because if they they just read the
0: script and gave feedback, they'd say, well, I mean, what does it look like? Basically, is what you're saying. Right. Even though it's not super visual because it's mostly you speaking and singing. It's still visual and it's and it's vis- visceral, I guess is a yeah. better term than visual.
1: And for the right. me, it's like, can I put my guitar down and tell you what I need to tell you and go over there and show you what I need to show you and get right. my guitar back in the time that I'm supposed to, yeah. Right. So we call that process workshopping. Okay. And it's especially helpful if you've got people there that can talk back to you. Mm-hmm. The earliest incarnation of this show was before I brought a playwright in for another Thing we were doing at Francis Marion, and luckily she's my friend, so she I read the show out loud to her and she gave me some really great feedback, uh-huh. and it made the show very strong. Good, yeah. So, what? So, I'm getting ready, like I said, to do a show on October 2nd at the Black Box at the Francis Marion Performing Arts Center. And the show people are going to see there is wildly different from the first incarnations of the show that people have seen okay. around here.
0: So what you're saying is people should go to this one because it's a different experience.
1: It is. And here's why. I mean, not only because people looked at it and fed back, you know, mm-hmm. but because I've been on tour for the last year and a half with this show mm-hmm. in fringe festivals. Mm-hmm. And so now it is a polished work, like it's finished. Right, you've
0: refined it, right? And, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I want to talk about fringe festivals too, because that's a weird animal that I'm falling in love with.
0: So you've done all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, the fringe festival, you also used to be a, um, a Burning Man, a, uh, what do they call them? A ranger. A ranger. Yeah. yeah sorry.
1: You, yeah. Went to Burning Man for nine years.
0: And that got just ripped this year because of some incidents and because of all the rich people. You know, when you first told me about Burning Man, you know, my, what was my first my first question to you was, is there a, a rich white guy package that I can just have my shit dropped from an airplane? <laughs> yeah. And you said, not yet, but it's probably coming. Yeah. You could feel that it was changing, you know? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I hate being outdoors unless oh. it's like really perfect conditions. You know, I don't like...
1: And you're in a building?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> I'm in a hotel, yeah. but anyway. Well, yeah, we can. We'll talk about Burning Man. I didn't go this year, and yeah, no. I, so I don't even know the dirt. You'll have to tell me the dirt. Well, I, don't, like
0: I just I, saw the article. I read most of it. I kind of, as Andrea would say, speed read, which means I didn't really read it. I kind of, it. I scanned it. Yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: I don't even know. But yeah, I've done. Yeah, so but so, there's a lot
0: of complaining about the people that didn't have the true essence of Burning Man. They yeah, were plug and plug. they were, they, were, they were right, and then they were pu- You know, as as they're becoming pop culture ish and and voyeuristic, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So here I am. I'm starting at the beginning of a subject again. Ready?
0: Right. So your show, October 2nd, Mm -hmm. it starts. How many nights? One. Just doing one. It's the last. Oh, it's one show only. It's the
1: last time I'm doing this freaking show in Florence, South Carolina. Wow. Yeah.
0: One night only, people. Yeah. Get your tickets now.
1: And here's the thing You have a
0: website, correct?
1: I do. Don Larson and that's L A R S E N D A W N L A R S E N Music dot com. Okay, and you can find out all about me. All should right. I hang up now? Because should you hang up now. Yeah, you've done all your <laughs> plugs. Done. Just go to right. the, just go her website. CD, You can get
0: to CDs there. You can get information about the show or all of your tour dates. Yeah, right. So it's all a one stop one stop shopping for Don Larson.
1: You know, there you go. Well, so. I did this, I, you know, you know, if you're an academic, right, you do all these experiments. Mm-hmm. So my first experiment was to see, as I'm aging, if I could make a living touring. So one year, I freaking played my ass off. I drove to North Carolina, I drove to Virginia, I went to Georgia, I was everywhere. The answer to that is no. no. <laughs> because... <laughs> The people at the venues assume you're going to make tips, which you don't. Mm-hmm. And the people that are tipping you are assume assuming you're getting
0: paid, which, which you you're don't. not
1: really. <laughs> and nobody's buying hard CDs anymore. Right, right. And Apple pays you three cents a song. Right. So then I went, well, dang. So my latest experiment were these are these fringe festivals, which mm-hmm. are great. So you want to know about those? Yes, please tell us. I was in Cincinnati.
0: I know, which I love. One of my favorite cities in the it's, world. It's oh, where I went to city. university. Um, we're going, going up there for a wedding. My buddy Mike, who lives in AVL right now, which is a great music town, Asheville. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, his daughter's getting married up in Cincinnati in October, so I'm looking Such forward to that. a beautiful city. Yeah, it's a wonderful place. A I love going to school Fringe there. Festival. Yeah. So, so go ahead.
1: Okay, so Fringe Festivals are these, for you guys that don't know. These cities get a bunch of venues together and they invite performers to come in, do a multitude of performances within like a weekend or a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you, as an audience member, can buy a ticket to a show, or you typically could buy like some sort of pass that you wear around your neck, and then you can go see go as many see shows. Whatever, yeah. Right, yeah. And the shows are weird. It's Fringe on the Fringe, so it's alternative theater. So it could be everything from a solo show like mine to a multi-person show, to a dance performance, to performance art, to somebody. No I mimes. Oh no, there were.
0: Yeah, I'm just was just hoping. No, I mean, I was yeah, hoping against like hope a, there were no everything. mimes.
1: Everything, okay. it's crazy, and there are people my age doing this for a living from New York and L.A. Mm-hmm. And you meet. It's a wonderful, welcoming community, and.
0: Yeah, I was watching your posts, and they were really very not to sound not to sound mean, but they were very optimistic and fresh for you. Yeah, because <laughs> you have people who don't know you. You, you can have a, bit, a little bit of a dark side at times, oh, yeah, and a bit of a pessimistic side at times. What? Yeah, right. And so, and, and that's why you and I don't get along so well, right? Because yeah. I never have those those things either. Yeah. And so I'm seeing all these like posts about, oh my god, I just, was just in Cincinnati and it was awesome, or I was just in wherever, and I'm thinking. She's either doing some really good drugs
1: <laughs> or <laughs> no. this French
0: thing is something to look into, so apparently this French thing is something, something to look, to look,
1: look into. into it yeah, is okay. um it's all over the country, well, actually, it starts in Edinburgh, that's where it started mm-hmm. and um the u k had it before we did right, and then um it's in Canada, so next summer, I hope to go to Canada and do several Canadian fringes but i'm it's all over the United States. I'm going to louisville mid November. In two weeks, I go to Nashville to one. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I'm traveling a lot doing them. Because if you do weird art, this is the place to do that.
0: Right. So there is, there is, so I guess maybe the message, you know, not that we have to take away a message, but I guess maybe the message might be that if you have a niche, just embrace that niche and find where, because there's always, that's the, that's the cool thing about whether it's a podcast, that's the one positive of the internet. There may be two or three others, but there aren't that many, but I think the, the kind of. Socialization small s or socializing of the world, you know there's seven billion people, and four but three to four billion of those have access to some kind of electronic media, yeah, and so now you have this big giant audience, you know, and so you can do your thing, you can get your creative juices, you can get your stuff out there, and yeah, you're not gonna necessarily be Taylor Swift or whatever. And you probably don't want to be Taylor Swift, knowing you. But no. anyway, um, right. nothing against Taylor Swift.
1: I'm I just, don't I'm like just, her I'm just saying,
0: you know. But you can still, like you said, you were looking at, could you make money touring? The answer was no. Can you, can you make money and have fun and survive doing these French thing? Maybe, maybe, right? Because it's this niche
1: yeah, kind of thing. It is, and so you brought up a really interesting subject that I was also talking about on these applications I was doing that. Yeah, the internet does give us lots of new avenues to pursue, but in the live performance world... Like if I sang a song for you right now, it would not at all be the same experience as if you came to see me actually live and could talk to me and feel the energy and all of that. So you still, for my art, have to go out there and see mm-hmm. me, but it this stuff allows me to reach people that might not have heard of me before, right? right? I mean, I can record, sure, and, and people will see that, and if you go to my mm-hmm. website... You'll see some of that too. Um,
0: DonLarsenMusic.com. dot com dot com with an e Larson L A
1: R S E N. It's Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so it's and you know this stuff. What you're using, George is over there pushing buttons and stuff. That's what <laughs> killed the recording industry yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Because too few people controlled so that power, whole right? deal. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, I have um, people I work with. Um, uh, one woman is, is is in a rap group, you know, oh, yeah. and, they, and they just could do a similar type setup to what I have here, apparently, and mm-hmm. they just record songs and they kind of give them to their friends. And then if their friends' friends like them, they make their friends' friends have to buy them. The friends get them for, yeah. you know, the first circle, the first contact gets it for free. Yes. And it's kind of like, I hate to say it's kind of like drug dealing, but... It, Kind of like drug dealing. And then, you know, and then it, there's a bit of a pyramid scheme thing going on. But, you know, they don't make enough money to live on, but they, you know, they pay for their stuff, their time, their energy with whatever.
1: That's why and, you're getting you know, a CD for your birthday okay. after this.
0: Great. Thank yeah. you. So I'm part of the drug cartel, now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> the Don Larson music cartel. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I think that there is, that was really the intent. The, the the intent of the internet was too full in my understanding. You know, and I'm not Al Gore, so I didn't invent it. So I don't really know for sure. I'm not inside his head, Mm-mm. fortunately. That'd be scary. But, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know if I want to be inside any politician's head at the
1: moment. Right. On either side of the aisle. Although he'd be safer um, than some. Not, well,
0: most. Um, he's no Mitch McConnell, that's for sure. But Ugh. anyway. Ugh. so So um, how do we get on Al Gore? My fault. I don't fault. know, but talking internet. about Okay. Yeah. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Sure. Although you're, be... you have a Norwegian last name, so Trump would love you. Ugh. But you have dark skin, aren't you part Native American or something?
1: Um, too? you know, I took one of those twenty-three and Me and yeah, found out I am not as not. much as I thought. So
0: you and Liz Warren have something in common.
1: Me <laughs> too, <I laughs> and I love her, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Except I still am dark-haired so, uh, right. and skin. I don't. Yeah, know. you could
0: pass. I mean, she's very white. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hers was kind of questionable. You could probably pass. If
1: yeah, you had pro- to, yeah, probably. So, yeah.
0: Anyway, um, so, so I told, the I told the talking turns thing. Yeah, I know you are doing Where, the same you know, thing. Yeah, the twofold part of the internet. One was for universities to be able to communicate yeah. basically free, right? So information could be shared broadly. Scientific discoveries, medicine cures, art—you know, just open share, open share, open share, right? You know, in the in the in the kind of utopian Star Trekian world where everything's free and everybody's healthy and everybody's happy, right? So that was one one thing. And then you know, the second part was just driving the control away from the few at the top of the pyramid down to yeah. the masses. Right. So that was the that was kind of the, the the idea. But of course, so what happens, the internet comes out, more or less creates a platform that actually accomplishes those goals to some extent. But then the Jeff Bezos is and the whoever's of the world
1: jump right in on mm-hmm. it and go,
0: Oh yeah, we still know how to we can use any model and make it a pyramidic, you know, capitalist you So know, here's the other thing that happened
1: scheme. with that. I'm computer savvy. I got a Facebook account and right. all that stuff. But when you're an artist, a touring artist, you suddenly have to be kind of a social media whore. Yeah. And that is the part about it that I don't like. Yeah.
0: And that's why I say, I mean, not to say that Andrea is a social media whore, but she spends a lot of time cultivating social media um, nodes, yeah. you know, because the whole theory of networking, right? There's 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 nodes and there's people that stand back, but they're yeah. all connected. So... To be mo- the most powerful person you can be, is you want to have most of your base to be nodes mm-hmm. and very few, little of your base to be people out in the webby part of the web.
1: Right. Right.
0: Well, you and I, most of our friends are in the webby part of the web where she's smart enough to know how to link with nodes. And so, you know, when she says something, a thousand times more people see it because
1: she can do be- that. Because yeah.
0: she's got that. She's also a node, you know, and I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. just out in the fringe, for not to overuse that word, but I'm just somewhere out in nowhere.
1: But later. you got to learn how to do yeah. that. And, and you have so- to be in and, and,
0: But it takes work. She puts, I yeah. mean, when people say, well, you know, she's just a photographer or she's just this or she's just that. It's like, well, she puts an awful lot of work into it. Yes. You know, it, it's not nothing. It's like anything else. You don't get nothing's free. I mean, you have to put some energy into it. To get and so back.
1: when you're a solo artist, it's you. I mean, right, you, exactly. you've got to get to the point where you can pay somebody like Andrea to mm-hmm. do that for you. Right.
0: And that's like with me, I'm with my there. podcast, with writing my novel and doing my day job.
1: Yeah. And it's having, that day job. you
0: know, kids and grandkids and everything. And it's like, I don't, I literally don't have time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I kind of get the idea. But I, you know, when I say I'm not good at the marketing, it's it's just a low priority for me because I don't enjoy it. Yeah. So then it becomes a, well, if I have time, well, fuck, I never have time. Yeah. Any time I have, I spend sleeping.
1: Right. So this whole fringe festival thing, there's a whole, mm, like, set of rules to market that thing. Really? Which is interesting, and I am learning rules, it. rules, you mean? No, just like, what works best from people that have done it for years. Okay,
0: so it's kind of more of like a their their culture, part of their culture yeah. is how they market themselves.
1: For example, okay. so I worked really hard to get this second CD, which you can mm-hmm. buy on my website. <laughs> um,
0: did we mention it was Um
1: So I worked really hard to get this CD done before I left in May, and I probably did it a little too quickly, and then come to find out, what? Nobody buys CDs. They want buttons, buttons. Right. right. Did I have buttons? No, because no. I didn't know that part. Mm-hmm. So I just placed an order for 200 buttons today Aww. and t-shirts. And so, you know what I mean? So it's this whole culture. I. It, that's why I say it was an experiment. Now I'm learning and it's interesting. I. Um. Press releases. Did you ever write press releases?
0: No, I've had to Contribute to a handful in my professional career. All right, my so real my day job, but I've never actually written them. written. Like,
1: so there's supposed to be this format, right? right? Not in fringe. It's a whole different thing. Really? Yeah. Which I just learned. So today I sent out for this Nashville show I'm doing. I sent out the. But that's first a great idea because
0: fresh- I'm sorry. That's I, okay. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's okay. But it's just it just struck me is I never would have thought of a press release. Yeah. And you can reach so many because it's literally a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally a thing. It's called a press release for a reason. It's getting news out, and people sometimes publish it.
1: They do, and that's so. In fringe, you don't want to send out a press release anymore. You want to send out a story pitch. A story. So pitch. that's okay. like a new. That's like a whole way I've never written before. I mean, I've written, but I've never written for marketing purposes. purposes right? Okay. And not only do you send it out to the papers, so I did the Tennessean and I did the Nashville Scene, but you send it out to NPR and you send it out to bloggers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. podcasts right. and all that stuff. So then you got to find all that, you've got to cultivate that, and every town you go to. I mean, like, I don't know how these guys do it. That's pretty cool. Oh, it is cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But it's fun. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it. I hope it becomes. Well, it's like helpful. a
0: real discovery thing. I mean, the thing I've always liked about you since i met you you've always been on this kind of discovery thing you know and and not afraid to um like you said experiment and learn what is available perhaps out there. i'm just and, running um, that's, no. But no, seriously, I was meant to be a compliment. Thank Fuck you. I appreciate it. But I mean, that. you know, fine. <laughs> Give me my goddamn no, CD and get out of my yeah, studio.
1: okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for Don Larson Music, <laughs> L-A-R-C-N.
0: <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, I mean, you know, yeah. not everybody has a, every, you know, when I first started, like, thinking about writing a book, I've had this thought for years. And I'm thinking about a podcast. I I overthink everything, as you may know. And, um,
1: I wasn't going to say anything.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Your, your silence was, was confirmation. <laughs> um, so I just said, fuck it, you know? So what if it sucks? Alicia Maybe it w- me- it. what happens if it doesn't suck? Yeah. You know? Right. And I also have this, like, especially the book more so than the podcast, the podcast I just enjoy doing because I like to talk as you can talk, so I've been talking over you half the time. That's but, right. It's my fucking podcast, so. It is. You know, my my podcast, My Rules. Don Larson, <laughs> L-A-R-S-E-N. <laughs> so, dot com, music.com. Um, so, hey, you pimp the shit out of your stuff because the more you sell, I can link to it and maybe I'll sell.
1: Oh, you know, yeah. So, Absolutely. Know, I mean,
0: it, it works both ways. What the fuck was I even talking about? Oh, my epiphany of just fuck it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. the book especially, I had to get the book out of my head mm-hmm. because I was starting to write the book. Like when I go on a drive to Ohio and I get sick of listening to music, I would turn it you know, I'd just be silent for eight hours. Right. And I would start writing the book in my head and I'm like, dude, fucking you're gonna ruin it because you're gonna write a better version in your head and you're never gonna remember. You're and gonna not try to remember, remember it. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you either turn on a fucking tape recorder or do something, but write this goddamn book. Right. Because it's got to get out of your head. Yeah. And that's kind of the creative process for me. That's how it works for me. I don't know if it's the same way for everybody, but it just stays this I like I've got this idea. Like when I used to write poetry more often I'd wake up at three in the morning and lay in bed and say, I have to write this poem. I just have to, because I cannot mm-hmm. sleep because it's, I'm, I keep rewriting it in my head mm-hmm. and refining it and improving it. And it's like, oh, that's, that's a great line. Fuck. I love that line. You know? So I, I would have to get up and I'd blog it because I, most of my, almost all my poems are on my blog, which I don't even go to anymore. But Right. Um, well,
1: so that's what I do. Um, I write when I'm walking. So I'll tell, I'll tell this story okay, too. Okay, go ahead. Tell the story. Okay. I'm not going to shit talk South Carolina, but much, I am. Much, much. I'm from the Ozark Mountains. They are the most beautiful, that's the most beautiful terrain, in my opinion, in the world. Okay. I miss it horribly. And in this artist- I love West
0: Virginia, but go ahead. Same I'll give deal. You that it
1: it looks say. very much like Southwest yeah. Virginia. They all- look It isn't
0: flat ass fucking Darlington, South Carolina.
1: 8,000 degrees. Right, right.
0: right. Yeah. And bugs.
1: Yeah. And humidity, although the Ozarks has its humidity. So I get this artist in residence in a park in South Carolina, and I think, okay, well, it's a cabin, that'll be cool, right? Mm -hmm. So this park is in the northwest corner, so it's mountains. It's almost in North Carolina. So I get there, and I think, okay, I'll go hike around the lake, because I'm there, like, I get there at like 3.30 or 4. You Mm -hmm. know, I'll go hike around Mm -hmm. the lake, and then I'll come back and settle into the cabin that I got right. I go around the lake one time. I didn't even get around it. You you walk a little bit and then you had to climb a rock to go up to the upper part of the trail. And I sat on that rock and sobbed for 15 minutes because I I just forgot how much I missed it. So I wrote probably one of the best songs I've ever written on that hike. I got the whole chorus and the first verse and half the second verse mm-hmm. on that one hike. Wow! And then the next day, I finished and polished the song after I met a bear on another big hike up a mountain. So I okay, write. Now when you
0: said meet a bear, how, what kind not of distance? hello, sir. How what, are you? Not, no, no, he was.
1: I walked right up, and he was sitting in the. So yeah, yeah. but they're you know they don't. Um, but but I write in a smartphone. I mm-hmm. record myself okay. singing, and I'll test out melodies, and I'll test out words, and that kind of stuff. Cool. So, I you know or driving down the road. Those mm-hmm, are the two mm-hmm. ways that I. Yeah. Which
0: sounds perfectly safe.
1: Same thing. Well, you do. You put your phone on the thing and you sing.
0: Why did you hit that truck head on? Uh, I don't know. I got because a really of good this, song. Yeah. I just listen to the chorus. fucking song. Yeah, yeah, listen to the yeah, fucking yeah. song. And you no, tell I've me. I've never even
1: come close. No, nature. Nature's more inspiring yeah, right. than the highway. But there you go. Talk yeah, there in you your go. phone.
0: Yeah, I'll, yeah, I know. I know I can. But it was just, it just struck me that I have to get this book out of my head. Yeah. Now I've got two friends, three friends reading it and i haven't gotten much feedback Um, i don't know what that means i I hope it means they're busy with other stuff and they're going to get around to it um but i just want to see if it's you know i mean i could self-publish i don't have any grandiose ideas that it's going to be you know i'm going to get some kind of a book deal out of it but at least it's now out of my head but the problem is it's 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 now a trilogy because i have the i have a trilogy in my head sure and i have to complete the trilogy and i don't know how it ends And i'm in love with my characters which is which is exciting. I've heard other authors say that, and I never thought of myself as an author until I started to develop these people that are fictitious, that I fell in love with. And now mm-hmm. I, want, I want to know what happens to them, because until I write it down, it, it hasn't happened to them But yet. who's to so. say
1: it won't happen? I just read this really incredible article about this woman who said, oh, I'm not going to be as eloquent as she was, but she's like... Apply for everything. Mm-hmm. Write everything because you never know that something great won't happen right. un- unless you don't do anything right. and then for sure it's not gonna happen.
0: Yeah. And right? I and I and I agree with that. And that's my whole point. I mean I'm gonna write the trilogy and right. we'll see what happens to it. And I'm gonna if I have to self publish, I'll self publish. Because you know, there could there will be people, I know there will be people out there that will read it and enjoy it. Yeah, just like there's people out there, not many of them that listen to this podcast and enjoy it. Yeah, and I've gotten positive feedback, you know, and they and it's just it's a genuine feedback. It's not just you know their friend or whatever, blah blah blah. It's just it's nice to hear that people say, oh, I laughed my ass off when this happened, or mm-hmm. you know, that made me sad, or I had a similar experience, or and that's what really art's all about, right? It's the whole mm-hmm. human discovery kind connection of thing, right?
1: Yeah. So my my one woman shows funny. Um, and poignant, I've been called. And I had, can't tell you how many times people have come down after the show mm-hmm. and were in tears, which is most people, you know, would think. You made someone cry. That's great. That's great to make someone <laughs> cry. I know, that's cry. awesome.
0: Any kind of emotion, actually, yeah. if you make them laugh, cry, angry even. I mean, yeah. you have to be a little careful nowadays about how angry and what they're packing. But right. but still, I mean, any soliciting any kind of, like I said, I love my characters. The emotion I've solicited for myself writing this this book and putting my thumb through the microphone just now, Mm -hmm. um, it surprised me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. If I care about what happens to this character, maybe someone stranger reading the book is going to care about
1: this character.
0: Or like we did a podcast as another woman who also works at Francis Marion. I mean, everybody that – mostly most of my friends and contacts that I can tolerate around here work at Francis Marion because because Uh they're not –
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> without going, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So,
0: I've already been gone there, but yeah, you have, okay,
1: well, I Yeah, anyway,
0: but um, she did a piece about she helped me do a piece on mental health, mm. and she was very forthcoming about her issues. And and um, I, I found it courageous and powerful both, mm-hmm. and uh, um, got some good feedback from that, you know. And, and not many people listen, I think right now the counts up to like 68 people listen to that podcast, but, but still- if one of those people doesn't kill themselves. And, right. And we're both familiar with people that have, have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's something, I don't know what it is, but it's something, you know? Yeah. And it, and so it was like, you know, well done job well done for her. I was really impressed.
1: So this, this makes me think about, you know, if you're an artist or a a creative person and you're writing for anybody other than yourself. Mm-hmm. I I do remember having this epiphany at the grotto in Florence, South Carolina. I was up <laughs> singing and it was packed and it was a lot of friends, but people were having a great time and mm-hmm. drinking wine. And mm-hmm. I no one was listening really to me, to you, right. but they had heard it all before. Mm-hmm. So I, I just remember having this epiphany of going, I don't care if they're listening or not. Right. This I'm singing for me.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's
1: great that they've heard it and can feel comfortable doing what they're doing in right. front of me, but I just don't give a shit if anybody's listening yeah. or not, you know? I might have
0: been there that night, actually.
1: When it was really packed. Really packed,
0: and, and then there's wine.
1: And there was and like a table. And I was bitching, table. because they only,
0: they only serve wine and beer, right? Yeah. And I was drinking wine yeah, very with- very little food. I was drinking wine with, um. there's the two Annies. There's a fire Annie and the other Annie. Anne. Anne and Annie. Anne. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And- um that's right and we were not listening to you i know
1: no because you'd heard it all before like that's the thing that's why it didn't like bother me because people would clap when the song was over so they knew it was done
0: right right we we were listening enough to know where the song started and ended. but yeah but But you
1: have to you have to get to that point where you have to write it for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and if it if it works for somebody, somebody else, else, that's cool. great.
0: But that's not your aim, right? And
1: that's yeah. what I hate about Nashville mm. because they're yeah. never writing for them. No, it's they're a factory. For it, also, yeah.
0: it's, it goes back to your factory job analogy. I mean, it's factory music. Yeah. You know, even, you know, quote unquote, famous people, movies, it doesn't matter what the what the entertainment media is, even podcasts. There's yeah. factory, factory produced yeah. podcasts. Formula you know, there's a I formula mm-hmm. and here's how you do it. And if you don't, if you're not part of that formula, you know you're not part of the quote-unquote big time, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, you know. What I mean, so um, and that's what upsetting. I said. I mean, what I really enjoy about my book is that I, lo- I like my book. Yeah, I love right. my book, and I love my characters. Mm-hmm. So I just assume that other people would because I've sure. read other books written by other authors, and I've loved their characters. So I'm like, okay, I kind of get it now. You know? Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. I'm, and I'm you also to have it, to be to see where it goes.
1: I think you also have to be willing to say, and this may be more women than men, but you have to say, I like what I do. What I do is really good. And as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I'm really good. And women have yeah. a hard time saying that. I don't know so much about just the creative process for men, but women have a hard time saying, yeah, I'm worth it. And I really love what I do. Yeah.
0: You know? I mean, I have a harder, I definitely have a much harder time on the artsy creative side with that yeah. than I do at my day job. Because well, I am, because job long. right. I am really good at it. As well, yeah. Objectively, so I'm trying to find out how good I am at at the at the creative stuff. But I mean, I have written things, even letters or op eds and stuff that people have said, hey, that was you know really well done, right? You know, so I mean, I think I have some skill level when it comes to nonverbal communication. But you know what? I'm going
1: to give you when I get famous a pillow for this chair. That's what I'm going to give you. That chair
0: probably won't even exist when you get famous. Well, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) Yeah. That was was not a compliment. That did not sound like a compliment. Don Larson Music. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Don.
1: Thank you. Good night.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Talkin' Turns. Music's been provided by Mr. Scruffy. Some photography's been provided by photographs by Andrea. Please visit our website at www.talkin'turns.com. That's www.TLAKNTURNS.com. Talking Turns is copyrighted. Any use of this material requires the expressed written consent of George Knapp. Opinions expressed on Talking Turns are solely those of the speaking participants. These opinions do not in any way reflect the beliefs or opinions of our sponsors, associates, employers, or other individuals associated with this broadcast. Again, thanks for listening, and be kind to yourself.